All right, I'm here with Peach Pit. We got Neil, Hello. Peter, and Chris. How's it going, guys? Hey, going good. Very good. It's a sunny day here in Vancouver, so it's hard to complain. Peter and I were just chatting. I think that I saw you guys at Bonnaroo last year. Um, first time meeting you guys, and you guys opened the whole festival. I'm just curious. You know, was that was that the biggest festival you guys have played to date? Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, by far. Like. Um, it was I mean, there's, definitely there's the biggest of, fest. There's not, sorry, there's not a lot of bigger festivals than Bonnaroo that I can even really think of. It, uh, yeah, it definitely was a super special experience for us. It felt like, you know, you guys are, I think you were the first artist to open the whole, whole festival on mm-hmm. Thursday. And yeah, that was, it was crazy. Like we couldn't have had a better time slot actually for like an, a small indie band to get that festival slot when there was literally nobody else playing in the whole festival it was crazy yeah i've been to bonner a number of times and i've never been there for that opening slot and i really thought you guys were gonna have a small set no offense me too <laughs> no me too me too as well and i think there had to been i don't know ten thousand plus people at your show yeah, it was, it was yeah. Wild to crazy see. yeah we were losing it it was like the one of the first maybe one of those experiences you know where you're kind of on stage and you're like holy shit like i'm like really doing it right now like this is a joke <laughs> it's so cool too because we were backstage for probably like i don't know two or three hours before the show and uh we didn't really have a good view of the crowd so we had seen it empty and then we we're hanging out and when we stepped on stage was the first moment we really got a the you know understanding of how many people we were playing for so like we were in as shocked and as in awe as we could be such a trip no one thought to peek out and spoil it for you guys yeah Yeah. tell me about what's happened since then I, i you guys just put out a new album i'm curious what what all has gone on since um last summer and leading up to this this release so after bonnaroo we that summer we pretty much spent the whole summer uh recording kind of like a couple weeks at a time and we recorded with uh john congleton and that was really great we had such an awesome time with him we got along like super well and kind of became really good good buddies with him so it was just such a fun experience and then and then yeah this fall once kind of the record recording wrapped up and everything um we've been playing some shows here and there but yeah we were gearing up for this humongous tour um, that was supposed to start like, you know, a week and a half ago or something. And yeah, that got pushed just like everyone else in the world's tours did. Mm-hmm. So it's a weird. So what's that looked like for you guys then? Now that you don't have the normal sort of ability to go out and tour on your new release and do all the sort of rounds of promotion and everything else that you normally would in a cycle, what are you doing to fill that time and, and keep getting the word out about the release? Well, we're like kind of living, uh, I guess we're doing a lot of stuff on online, you know, making even just like funny videos and stuff so that people, you know, have something to kind of like keep themselves entertained with. But uh, we've also kind of decided that uh, we, we want to try and record some more music before next year when things open up again, hopefully. So yeah, I think it's kind of going to be a repeat of last year a little bit, which is going to feel a bit like Groundhog Day, I think, because yeah, we're just gonna gonna try to record a bunch of new songs in the fall and have some more stuff for our next tour. I've seen a lot of the social content you guys have been doing. It's been great. 
And yeah, we did a couple episodes of Cribs, so you got to see Peter's basement <laughs> that he lives in. I don't know if you've seen it, but... <laughs> I saw the day you guys are saving the babies. I thought that was really special, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, someone commented on that. They were like, Does this, is this your guys' way of telling us that you're pro-choice? So I was like, no, I did not mean it. To, or pro-life. And I was like, I did not mean it to come off that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris loves killing babies. This is fake. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't want to talk too much about COVID 19 i'm feeling a bit of a burnout over it all yeah fair me too it's fair. pretty boring honestly now <laughs> but but i'm i am curious though like what you guys you know um you're at home things are different you're quarantining social distancing all these things you know what do you what do you feeling about all this do you feel that there's a silver lining in it do you think that we're heading off of a cliff like what's what's your take on it i'm curious hmm. what do you think peter i i feel like you know what i think so <laughs> yeah i mean i think there's a silver lining for sure i think that people are i mean they should be at least like figuring out uh what it is that they're passionate about during this time and spending more time doing things that they maybe weren't doing as much before when they were working like constantly um i feel like there's people are just like maybe becoming closer even though they're further apart i mean that's kind of a gushy way of saying it but i think that there are some good things coming out of it uh it obviously sucks for a, for the most part but yeah and i i mean like i think we as musicians already had pretty chill lives as far as like when we were home and writing you know waking up at 10 a.m and not having to really do too too much but the people who are you know working their ass off at a nine to five job and suddenly find all this free time and all this time at home i think that's like a really important reset for a lot of people so even though our lives are already chill mine's even more chill and i'm like mm -hmm. yeah i can appreciate the level of relaxation i'm feeling pretty constantly right now <laughs> so in, in the states we had basically every american got 1200 bucks and yeah. businesses got funding. Did you guys have programs like that going on in Canada? Like what's, what's um, yeah, been there's the financial been, assistance? Yeah, they basically um, created like, people could apply for EI, but then outside of that, they made some sort of yeah financial system to help people who uh, maybe wouldn't be eligible for EI. And so basically every, uh, everyone's eligible for $2,000 a month right now. For three months, I think. For three months, yeah. So they've done two months. There's one more payment, and so that's good. It's been it's been tiding people over, but I'm starting to feel like I think maybe um, businesses are going to be starting to opening opening up pretty soon. So I don't know how much longer that uh, social assistance is going to last for. But uh, yeah, one thing I wanted to add about the silver lining of of COVID, but this is kind of less serious. But uh, I feel like. Um, handshakes are going to be like completely outdated after this like <laughs> you know it was like a normal way to greet someone like doesn't really matter how well you know them or anything but like shake their hand and stuff like it's kind of unnecessary a little bit so maybe no more handshaking would be just cool. don't on that hey you don't you don't like handshaking no i mean i just like don't really see the the point like you know also like even like i'm kind of like i feel like people are kind of huggers too and like giving someone a hug that you like don't even know like i don't know if you i don't know <laughs> so you, know, you, know, you, like, you like the social distancing yeah i like it You're don't a fan. Me. 
Dude, for like 10,000 years, we've had to have some sort of like, you know, thing we do and we greet each other. And now you're yeah. going to throw all that out the window? No, we Shocking. say hi now. I've been down to Canadian Tire a few times and they have, and Brandon, I don't know if you know Canadian Tire. Is, yeah, Brandon, you still no. live in Vancouver, right? Um, I, I lived there for a bit, yeah, but I don't okay. think I know Canadian so Tire. It's, it's oh, just okay. like a department. It's just like a department store. It's kind of like a Lowe's or something like that or Home Depot, but uh, they have these like Canadian Tire shirts you can buy that say, I wouldn't touch you with a six foot pole. <laughs> no, that's it's so nice. brutal I, I liked it yeah i kind of wanted to get one yeah i i assume this will probably end up changing the way people interact especially for meet and greets and things like that that you guys are doing and and how that happens in the future just trying to be a bit safer for sure yeah for sure. <laughs> a little less germy yeah um when it comes to all the the financial assistance i think one thing I wanted to talk about was the difference between the U.S. touring in the U.S. versus in Canada and just the differences of being an artist um, in Canada versus U.S. I don't think a lot of people in the States understand what kind of programs you guys have up there coming from the government and how much arts are supported um, compared to what they are here, which is pretty much non-existent. Mm. Can you share a little bit about that and how what it's like being an artist for a lot of people in Canada and the programs you guys have um, and also how that impacts touring in in places like the US and overseas yeah well I mean in Canada it's crazy we have like so many opportunities to get funding from the government for all sorts of different stuff and on, on different levels as well like there's uh, there's you know provincial grants so we can try to apply uh, to get uh, assistance from things like there's uh, something called Music BC, which is basically like uh, a lot and helps artists with getting funding for stuff. And so we can get tour grants from them that helps us to, you know, break even on tours if, if things are uh, going to be, uh, it's going to be a long tour and it's going to be hard to make money. Um, you can apply for things to get like $30,000 to help record an album. Um, and yeah, it's, it's great. And we've, we've taken advantage of that a lot over, over the years. And almost all of our friends as well have received funding on some level from, from the, you know, from the arts funding that we have in Canada. Yeah. Even so, uh, my, my girlfriend's band uh, just received like 500 bucks from uh, this organization, Music BC, that does a lot of that funding uh, for the province of BC. And it was just to like help the relief of not being able to play shows. And they're a small local band, but yeah, they're, they're always in action. And it's really nice to have, uh, yeah, to, to really see a country recognize how important it is to have an art scene like that. Our friends in the States don't have that, you know, and um, talking to them about it and, you know, it really has helped us for sure. And, you know, nowadays um, we've gotten a little bit more uh, successful. So we're able to, to earn some money, but you know, when we're starting out, you know, touring is, is, is tough and it's really expensive and, and same with recording albums. So yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's unheard of here. I mean, we have nonprofits like Music Cares and Sweet Relief and both of them have been really, I don't know, in high demand and extremely helpful in times like now where they're providing assistance to artists mm -hmm. that can't tour. But it's it's less about providing grants to go tour in a normal situation. It's really just sure. more of the relief side. 
Um, but it certainly doesn't come from the government. And I think it's always really impressive to hear that you can be supported like that by, by the government for being a musician and having that help because it's impossible to tour. Um, yeah. Almost impossible to tour for, for a lot of bands mm-hmm. and artists these days just to put gas in their tank um, as they're getting around, to the, as they're, you know, getting off the ground. Um, so on that note, you guys, you guys know some about Propeller, I believe. We did something at Bonnaroo last year. We did an yeah, opportunity fun. for fans to, to donate and have uh, an experience with you guys of chugging some drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, you know, for, for me, Propeller is really about inspiring activism and getting to connect nonprofits with new supporters. We really do that through... Um, music as being one of the main drivers for that. It's it's not exclusively through music, um, but really culture overall, music being the biggest aspect. Um, for me, what really led me to Propeller was me playing in the band back in the day um, and touring and, and primarily touring in Europe, just going from city to city in these places we had never been as a young kid and feeling a bit like a diplomat people want to meet you and you know it just was a kind of a trip and we we always thought we wanted to do something with that platform if we ever had it uh, if we ever had if our platform ever grew to a, a position where we could and it wasn't about a specific cause or anything like that it was really just feeling like there was an opportunity to do so so I'm curious like if you guys feel that um at all through your time in the band and really how just in general how touring um as many places as you guys have been has impacted your worldview overall. Yeah, I think uh, one thing that I've said, I've probably said this before in other interviews, but like, you know, when you get to go and travel all over the place and see a kind of a wide variety of different people from all over, uh, you quickly realize that, you know, despite the differences that we have in culture, cultural differences, like, especially for young people, like teenagers and young adults and stuff, people are basically the same everywhere you are in the world. It doesn't matter, you know, we've gone from playing a show in LA and then we've gone and played shows in like Jakarta and Indonesia. And, you know, it's the same. It's like in one place, maybe the kids are wearing hoodies and the other place, the girls are wearing like hijabs, but like it's essentially the, this we kind of have the same experience. And so I feel like that's really cool. Just kind of like recognizing, I think it's because of the internet. That's why things are so kind of like, similar and ideas and stuff are shared all over the world just because of that yeah. there's like a world culture now that there probably wasn't mm-hmm. you know 50 years ago where it's not so much about what's going on in your hometown but there's like a world stage in a bigger way than ever before and yeah i mean we feel lucky that we can go over to a place like uh jakarta and experience the same thing we'd experience in la it's cool do you guys have any stories that stand out to you of any time people have talked about how you guys have impacted them or, or just anything maybe that's impacted you guys from your time touring? Um, you gave some sort of broader examples. I'm just curious if there's anything that was, uh, stands out to you that um, really has impacted your, your, your thinking. For me, it's not, it's not so much like a specific conversation I've had, but just kind of had the experience uh, a few times now of uh, people coming up to us at our shows and going, hey, you know what, like your music helped me through a hard time. And, you know, whether or not they go into it, it's more about having had music be a crutch in a hard time yourself 
and then seeing somebody use your music as that same crutch that like, you know, I mean, that's a big way I process things through music. So to understand that people could be using ours to do that is really the most gripping thing I think about doing this job um, because it is, music has such a profound impact on my life. The fact that it can do that to other people's lives too. And, you know, we can be a vessel for that. It just makes me feel really lucky. And how about the flip of that? Has there ever been, is there an artist or album or song that you can think of that has done that to you? Hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I don't think about it. I wouldn't think it necessarily about it too, too deeply, but yeah, like having that connection uh, to music to, you know, help you when you're feeling crappy is, yeah. is the best. It, it's not even just about, about when you're feeling bad or anything, but you know, music just allows you to kind of like escape. And so, yeah. Yeah, like as far as specifics for me goes, um, I love uh, the Sufjan album, Carry and Lowell. I have a problem with putting that on at parties and killing the party. By, um, <laughs> yeah, we used to have this record. joke, like we'd be like, why'd the party end so early? And you'd look at the record player and Carry and Lowell would still be like spinning on the player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's a record for me. What I think about like something specific I was going through in my life, I was listening to that record a lot and it, you know, didn't necessarily pertain to the exact experiences that... Sufjan Stevens was writing about, but it still just was, is something I think about when I think about going through that time in my life. Are you referring to when your girlfriend now was rejecting you for months and months and months? Uh, <laughs> no comment? It was part of it, yeah, no comment. So, you know, we get, we see a lot of artists, especially today, getting political, um, talking about different causes. You know, they get a lot of pushback from times from their fans. Um, it can be seen as divisive, but I think a lot of them do feel this responsibility. Do you feel that music or musicians should have a role to play in, in expressing their, their views and creating any sort of political or social change? I think that people should do that if they want to. I think yeah. uh, if somebody feels inclined to do that, then they absolutely should. And like, they should take the opportunity to, if they, if they feel, feel like it, but I don't think that it should be. I think sometimes nowadays people think that just because you have a platform, therefore you are, you, you, you have, have to do that. You have to have some sort of like political leanings or sort of cultivation. And I don't know if you guys agree with this, Pete and Chris, but I, I, I don't feel like it should be, uh, you know, should be something that musicians have to do. If, if they no. just want to make music just I to agree. make music and that's it, then I, I think that's totally good as well. I mean, like, we believe what any other sane person believes as far as wanting, you know, like, this is a time of insanity, it kind of feels like in the West, where things feel like they're slipping out. But to be like, oh, you know what, we're going to we're going to be so defiant and say that we don't like Donald Trump. It's like, yeah, we don't like Donald Trump, but to, we're not here to be like having this profound statement of being the first to like really stand up to him. You know, that's not like the position we're in or when it comes to any other issue. So we've never really been a political band in that way. I mean, we care about these causes and things like that. And I think that it is awesome when um, political messages get spoken through music, like, 
I was watching a Bob Dylan documentary the other night and, you know, he was a prime example of that, but he also didn't want to be this poster boy for, uh, for the left, you know, he wanted to, to not have to be branded in that way. And I think in a similar way, I don't want to feel like we need to brand ourselves as this kind of band. These are the people we are, um, though, you know, we still have our beliefs and still have our values. Yeah, I also feel like we just enjoy keeping our social media lighthearted and funny. And we don't want to take a serious approach with it. It's just like, it's just so much more it's it's just easier to be funny and like but, have fun and, with it. and there is so much heaviness going on these days you know what i mean yeah. if like peach pit's a place you come to that's where you're not gonna find uh long political arguments in the comic se- section that's okay with me mm-hmm. amen <laughs> um so speaking of your social media like is that something you guys are doing as a band like how do you guys plan out that content yeah, we have our weekly uh, Monday morning creative call with our with uh, one of our per- people who works at our management company that kind of help works on that stuff with us. And so recently, we've been really trying to, you know, not get forgotten because we can't go on tours. So we've been making stupid videos to put out. And yeah, we've been, I would say, working harder than normal at that. Um, and I, you know, it's funny because it, with the quarantine and everything, I feel like when it first kind of came to North America, everyone was like, oh my God, oh my God. And then the whole internet erupted into this crazy thing and blah, blah, blah. And now I feel like it's slowly starting to kind of even out a little bit because people are, are used to it, you know? Um, but yeah, we've, yeah, we've been, we've been trying hard to, to keep putting out stuff on the internet while we can't be touring because it's kind of the only option. Bringing it back for one second, you said there are causes you are passionate about. I'm curious what those are, if there's anything you want to mention specifically, whether it's a, a category or a specific organization. Honestly, it's just more a feeling of like, you want to see the world move and make positive steps, not, not backward steps. And when I'm not talking about anything specific, when I talk about, you know, having a certain set of morals or a certain set of values, it's just more about wanting uh, a safe place for different people to be able to live and not kind of like, um, I don't know, living under, uh, it's, it's hard to be eloquent about this. I'm sorry, but, uh, yeah, just Peter, not a, okay. Oh, good. Yeah. What I was going to say, Peter, now? you could talk about J- Jamita's organization. So if you guys oh, didn't yeah, know, Peter, Peter just got married actually during the quarantine. Uh, they had Congrats. a little, uh, little wedding kind of in his neighborhood with just a couple of family members. So that's pretty cool. But um, yeah, tell, tell, them, tell them about uh, Jamita's organization. Yeah, so I know you've spoken with her already, Brandon. But um, yeah, I just I think that uh, she's doing some like really awesome projects globally working with homeless and refugees. And uh, I just like believe in the the mission of her organization which is basically just to help people regain control of their own lives um people who have kind of had that control taken away from them um and kind of doing that through like find establishing like leaders within communities and giving them the tools they need to help everyone else in their community like take control uh you know as opposed to what i think a lot of organizations end up doing they don't intend to but uh like people end up depending on that organization 
And I think that what she's doing that's cool is trying to get them to be independent. Um, so yeah, that looks like a lot of different things with her projects, but. How did that start for her? Um, she's had a bit of a crazy life. Um, it's pretty all over the place, but uh, she, she was, uh, She's a stunt woman and actor and model, and she ended up um, she ended up basically falling in love with refugees and trying to help them. Uh, you know, help. What well, was it that changed her her life that way, Peter? Where did she visit that she was around refugees? You know, I haven't actually asked her the specific <laughs> moment. But that's that's a question I'm sure she would be happy to answer. Right, we'll get <laughs> Janita on the call. <laughs> I mean, you know, this isn't my organization, so I I can't really speak on that part of her story. However, um, I will say that Jamita was homeless herself on the streets of LA for several months, and I think that that is what sparked. Uh, her want to help people um, through that she started helping homeless people after she you know got off of the streets herself um, and so I, I'm not exactly sure uh, how she got attached to Uganda and India but I think that the being homeless really sparked her desire to help people she kind of well, like gained like, that she gained that perspective cool. you know that's cool. Well, it sounds like she has an incredible story and I just learned about the organization last week and looking forward to working with her more um, mm -hmm. with you guys in this campaign. So um, I'm sure there'll be lots of ways for uh, your fans and people on Propeller as well to learn more and support the work that she's doing. So excited to do that. That's cool. awesome. And yeah, honestly, this kind of stuff is like great too because we are going to get to meet some fans and right we're going to do a little zoom call or something so I'm, I'm excited about that it's always honestly it's always so fun yeah i think um, there's some opportunities to make it a really interesting experience virtually <laughs> for some fans and create something cool with it so um yeah while you're not able to go out and play have some ways to to still connect with with fans around everywhere i guess yeah we're um, doing that Cool. Um, so I've spent a bunch of time in Vancouver, as we discussed. It's a place that, you know, I feel like a lot of people in the States still don't know much about Canada. And I feel like Canadians probably know more about the States than oh, yeah, uh, we it's know so about funny. you guys. We know more about the States than we know about our own government sometimes. <laughs> it's really interesting how little... Uh, a lot of Americans are informed on our, our neighbors to the north, but oh, yeah. um, spending time there, it's so beautiful. I, I feel like you tell me, but spending so much time in uh, such a beautiful place has to have an impact on how you guys treat the environment, the, your natural like uh, uh, places you live. I, I'm just wondering if you feel that or not. I mean, the oh, city yeah. of Vancouver just got rid of styrofoam takeout packaging. So, you know, little wins here and there for sure. But uh, yeah, it's just, you really feel the power of nature when you've got like mountains and ocean and, and really lush forests like we do around here. So I think we all grew up with our backyards being uh, just really 
expansive forests and and we really love the outdoors because of that um and yeah uh definitely it's kind of like a left-leaning city so there's a, a concerted effort to want to make it a greener place for sure well and i think we i mean everyone we know recycles they also compost but I, they, these systems are in place in Vancouver, so it's very easy to do that. And I don't know what it's like in every American city, but uh, I feel there's kind of a pretty big culture here of, of systems in place like that, of like very good recycling options. And, and same with like everyone composts all their, all their food and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the, this, the nature that we have definitely impacts that. People tend to respect it, you know. When people go camping or when they go hiking and stuff, it's kind of like the the motto is leave no trace and, you know, pack in and pack out like everything that you bring into the forest with you, you have to bring out with you. You can't leave any garbage. And I would say for the most part, you know, people are pretty, pretty good about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I lived in Gastown last time I was up there for a few yeah. months right? and the recycling was very thorough here yes, in Nashville. Very. Here in Nashville, we recycle once a month is when it gets picked up um there's no glass being recycled you have to like take it to a plant it's it's a whole different thing it's it's pretty right. surprising actually how mm-hmm. far behind some places are here compared to other parts of the country and and vancouver and vancouver um so how do you feel the music scene is in vancouver i think it's awesome it's great yeah it's yeah. awesome I, uh, I think it's small and we don't have a ton of artists that break out of here all that often, but just there's a few venues in town. There's, there seems to be less and less these days, but there's like a very strong community of people going to each other's shows and coming out to see local bands and uh, a lot of really good local talent that I enjoy watching every time I see them. Yeah, definitely. And there's lots of uh, DIY stuff happening in Vancouver. There's lots of all ages shows and that's kind of what we um sort of built our like experiences like trying to be a band in vancouver was in a lot of those spaces like diy venues in the back of auto body shops that you know a bunch of teenagers would go to on a friday night and i would say that's one of my favorite things about the vancouver music scene um but these days you know i i I still feel like we are in a part of the vancouver scene but because we don't play as many shows we are a little bit out of touch which is kind of sad so um uh, so we, you know, we don't really necessarily have that same community that we kind of felt like we did when we first started, or I don't anyway. So besides the Tragically Hip, are there any Canadian artists we need to know about? Because nobody knows the Tragically Hip here, I'm pretty convinced. I know, they don't. <laughs> yeah, the Tragically Hip were Canada only, pretty much. Uh, Andy Schaff is another one that's pretty current that I feel like doesn't make his way down to the States as much as he should. He's getting pretty big now, though. For Andy. <laughs> yeah um, who else is good uh the bare naked ladies um one of canadians treasures uh what else we got it's good from canada there's loads of stuff uh oh, like Art. canadian secrets though what are some canadian secrets yeah. always always is a really great band mm-hmm. uh, uh to- tops yeah tops is the best they're a montreal based band they just put out a new record it's super good uh, uh, another a- one that i like is braids from like the prairies they're they're amazing uh there's a funk band from vancouver called shway uh that are like pretty pretty you know popular in vancouver but i feel like haven't pushed out past that as much and another band winona forever those are a bunch Mm -hmm. of canadian gems and we were excited because we were supposed to be playing in 
uh, Atlanta tonight in Nashville last night with uh, our friend Haley Blay. She's a Vancouver musician and she was going to be opening for us on the North American portion of our tour. So that's a bummer that that's not happening because um, Haley's great and she's got some music that's just coming out right now. So everyone should go check that out. Very cool. Thank you. There's uh, a lot of names I, I don't recognize out of that list. So I'm going to have to check them nice. out. Nice. Um, all right. Well, a uh, favorite new song on the new album. Favorite what new is song. it? A favorite of our own music. Damn. What would you guys say? I think it's all. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I think my favorite one on the album right now is uh, Brian's movie. Yeah, I would have to agree, to be honest. It's my, it's my number one. We had a really fun time when we, rec- when we wrote that song. We went to uh, this island off the coast of... Did you ever go to the Gulf Islands at all, Brandon, when you were in Vancouver? No, never been. Yeah, so we went to this one called uh, Gabriola, and we rented a cabin. And it was, this was last year, and we were going to go try to write some music. And this was the first time that we ever really like wrote a song kind of like from beginning to end kind of together. And... Um, and Chris plays a 12 string electric guitar and like he had a phaser pedal and Mike was like, yo, you should do this and this. And we, we kind of had this like rock and roll moment where we felt like we had invented something. <laughs> we, we had not, <laughs> but it's still a good song. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's a great one on the record. And uh, another one I really like is called Thursday. That was one that Neil had never shown us before. He just showed up in the studio and was like, hey, I wrote the song, played it for us, and we arranged it in like an hour, had it recorded in the next hour. And it was just such a cool experience of writing a song in such a short amount of time like that. It came out really good. So um, besides making social media content, writing music and waiting for this thing to end, what do you think is going to be next? Like, let's say this ends and not ends, but goes, goes, starts returning a bit to normal in the next couple of months um what's what's next for peach pit well we're gonna keep writing a bunch of songs this summer and then we're gonna go into the studio in the fall and try to record some more music before we can start touring again Uh, i think me and peter are gonna keep working on our chin beards (laughs) for a couple more months oh yeah and to be totally honest with you, like it was such a interesting process writing this record. Like, you know, we wrote the first record by ourselves, put it out independently. And then suddenly we got uh, a manager and a record label involved. And we had to write this record after not having written for a year and a half and kind of realized that our creative muscles for writing together were a bit, uh, had, had been unused and kind of had to get back into the swing of things. And at the end of writing this album, we were really excited with our writing but it was tough to get to that place and now we kind of already feel like we have that momentum so the idea of taking this time even if this all does let up a little bit just to keep that muscle working and write a third record on that same wave uh is super exciting just because we didn't have the opportunity to do that on the second record and now here's an opportunity to top what we just did yeah that's great i mean it sucks to not not be able to tour but it sounds like that could be the silver lining for you guys absolutely Mm. definitely so I like to ask everybody, and we can end on this, but if you had one action, it could be anything, um, that you would encourage all your fans or the world to do, what would that be? Like in, re- in relation to what's going on right now? Sure. 
Okay. I think just or in general. Or in general. One thing yeah, you want to be in general. to do. Hmm. I think uh, one thing that because of this pandemic, you know, it's all, all the, the thing coming out online was like, you know, the, the, the water in Venice is clean again. And like, you know, there's no smog over China and stuff. I think, um, I think, you know, we can just, people need to start taking into account their responsibility for our environment. And, you know, it depends on where you live and it's, it's challenging, but, you know, doing things like uh, recycling and trying to drive your car less if you can, ride your bike more, you know, these kind of things I, I think are, are super important. And it would be great for us to kind of realize how big of an impact the world can have if we all kind of work on stuff together. So that's what I would say. I think people need to start recycling more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what we can do. Mm -hmm. Nice. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this. And we're looking forward to working with you on this campaign. We really appreciate it. Um, I think you guys are great. So it's, it's exciting for us to get to work with you. And um, yeah, excited to uh, get it going. Thank you, Brandon. I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's great that this is happening again, but I wish it was happening at a music festival like last year, you know? <laughs> yeah, seriously. So do we. Fun. So do we. It's been a bummer yeah. just to see these things go one by one and all the different yeah. tours. And, um, I don't know. I'm not optimistic about what happens this fall for anything that got pushed back either. So, yeah. yeah. But what are you going to do? Yeah. We'll see you guys yeah. next year, I hope. For sure. We'll pretend okay. this year didn't happen. <laughs> yeah deal in some respects but cool well thank you guys enjoy the sunshine um i don't know if you're allowed on the beaches or anything yet but hopefully you get to spend some time outside and i know vancouver is a special place at this time of year when people come alive oh yeah oh yeah definitely it's actually pretty slack here right now so yeah i think the beach is is a go yeah i'm going to the beach right after this mm -hmm. sweet Okay. Well, cool. Well, we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good one. Yeah. Thank you, Brandon. Nice chatting with you, Thank man. Thank you so much, man. All right. Yeah, thanks, guys. Bye -bye. See ya.